When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Preds to the playoffs. Tennessee Power Hour here on Outkick 360. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton, Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson, David Reed, Becca Risley, Sleepy Danny, making the show happen for us. Preds to the playoffs after the 3-1 win on Saturday night. Uh, they will play Carolina, who they are playing both Saturday and tonight in the regular season finale. Carolina has, uh, they have wrapped up the central division so we know that they will be the one seed the preds will be the four and because they didn't have the playoff seating wrapped up saturday we didn't see pecorine in that we saw uc sorrows as we should have uh tonight it will be pecca's game in net we will we will see the pred star in net for possibly the final time uh on home ice but also in the regular season is we don't know his future for sure, the, the uncertain future. As his contract expires, uh, will he retire? Will he sign somewhere else? Will the Predators bring him back to be a backup officially? One thing we know, he is the most important Preds player to put on that Preds uniform. I think we can safely say that. The success that they boast, and rightfully so, with the 14 playoff appearances, uh, the seven straight years, uh, tied for the second most postseason appearances among NHL clubs since 2004. That's all due to the great play of Pecorine in net for this franchise. And tonight, will it be the, the final appearance? Don't know. They haven't officially announced that. Pekka hasn't said anything about that. But if it is, I know at least locally how he'll be remembered, and that is legendary status for the organization i i don't see any way that he's back i i just i'm trying to logically find a way but he said he wanted to retire as a pred um he, he's voiced that before i just don't see him re-signing as a backup uh for a couple of years um, there's reports out that maybe he's interested in going back to finland and playing for his home team there in a professional league if he feels like he's got a couple of years left and just retiring from the nhl but either way, Hutton, I agree with you. He is the Pred. He's top Pred for this franchise in its history. And my only regret is that it's not 100% capacity yeah. tonight at Bridgestone Arena because it would be a packed house and a huge standing ovation for him before the game, when he's announced, after the game, when he skates off the ice for the final time. I still think it's going to be a really good atmosphere. It's a great atmosphere just watching on television Saturday night with that win over Carolina. But um, that's... That's the biggest bummer in all of this is that he doesn't get the proper send-off because it's not a sold-out house at Bridgestone Arena. Yeah, that's a shame. Made his first appearance in 07-08. It has been a long time. And, and, and he uh, was 26 whenever that happened. It's not like he started when he was 20. He didn't start full-time until he was 26, and he's put up the stats he has. This uh, 917 save percentage, 18th all-time. 
uh, in the NHL, which is uh, a very impressive number, 10th among active players. I, I'm with you, Chad. I, it's just hard to imagine that he would want to be back for the role that they could offer him. And, and they shouldn't want him back in that role, frankly. It would be purely a sentimental thing. They've got young people that, that need to develop. It's a young man's job, I, I, I think. You know, unless Soros goes, goes down with an injury, um, you know, it's, a, it's a very small role for this team moving forward. And Soros needs to play the way that Pecorine needed to play yeah. during a lot of those years, most, most all of the time. And, uh, and, and then you're going to want the backup, I would think, to be a young developmental guy, um, you know, who, who earns some stripes. Not a veteran guy who, who you know, an old guy who, who's, it seems like, you know, that, that's accepting something really minor. Uh, and it would be kind of sad to, to watch that. I, I don't know why either side would want that. I. So he's he was making or has made five million this year uh, for very limited play. He's not worth five million to come back on the uh, as the the backup role next year. The question is, would he want that? Uh, would the Preds want him at a reduced salary? Probably. Uh, the answer is yeah. I mean, he, in in the limited time that we've seen him, at least recently, he's played well. Now they haven't won every single game. But they haven't lost games because of Pecorine. Um, in fact, one of the biggest wins of the season and the turning point for everything happened at a random 3 o'clock game in Tampa on the day we started the show, on March 15th. Pecorine started that game. The Preds went on the road to Tampa and won, uh, and since then have been on a tear. They're in the postseason because things got started somewhere. It started with Pecorine and Nett, of all people, not UC Soros. And UC Soros has been so outstanding that there's no question that he is the future in the franchise goaltender after starting the season where we thought, oh, maybe there's some question on how often we're going to see Pekka versus UC this season. I, uh, I, th the answer is we don't know because the organization and the player hasn't said anything. Um, I I'm curious how the local broadcast will handle it tonight. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical or praise in any way. I don't know how I would handle it in a situation where we don't really know if it's Pecorine's final regular season game or not, given the circumstances. Well, you, how much do you do you give him the send-off? How much do you, let me give an example. Uh, Ryan Johansson was critical of Columbus for not giving him a return video whenever he yeah, played for the Nashville Predators, weak. which is ridiculous. Um, it, the, the Preds would be in a position where you would do that for Pecorine because of him being a franchise-type player for as long as he's been that player and didn't just bolt in free agency or in, in trades. Uh, he would retire as that guy. But if you know a, a player's retiring, you give him the send-off that he deserves while he's in uniform and in net for you, right? But if it's not certain that... A, he's retiring, and B, maybe more importantly, that it's his final game that you're, you, you won't bring him back as a backup. How do you handle it as an organization tonight? I well, think you treat it like it's it. And then if it's not? If you treat it like it's it, then you're telling the player this is you're it. You're gone. Yeah, and, and they haven't decided yet. I, I, you're asking two different questions. You, you started you. by the broadcast. Now you're talking about well, the organization. It's the same thing. 
The broadcast, the broadcast will do what the organization well, the wants. Broadcast, I, I echo what goes the on broadcast, in the it's very easy to say what they should do. Do what Bob Costas did with Michael Jordan in Game 6 against the Jazz. And if say, this if is this it. is the final moment for Pekka Rene, how magnificent is it with this ovation? If this is the last we're going to see of Pekka Rene, what a great career it's been as a Nashville Predator. I think you can couch everything with an if in front of it and be fine from a broadcast standpoint. Yeah. Now, what do you put in that broadcast? What does the organization give you in terms of tribute videos, highlights from if his career? If we don't see much, it's because the organization didn't want to show much. And they don't know. Now, what do you do in-house? You do a few more uh, prompting of Pekka chants or different things like that Highlight on, on the Jumbotron. And if you don't want to you know, completely say this is his last game, you can do a few more things like that just to get the crowd you know, chanting Pekka, uh, getting, you know, giving him more ovations throughout the night, and you could kind of hide it that way. Uh, but I, I'm just looking at this thing. Fans I just don't know how. you got to find you got to find the next UC Soros or Pekka Rene as that backup spot. I just don't know why, he, why Pekka Rene would take a huge pay cut to come back and be a great backup option, by the way. The guy can still play. He is not bad. Yeah, he's a backup anywhere. He's a backup anywhere, though, and uh, I don't know why he would want to do that with the career he's had instead of either retiring or going and playing for the team he started out with in Finland where he backed up Nicholas Backstrom in the start of the Harvest career. That's why he started sure. a little bit older than other because yep. he was getting some seasoning there. But for the Preds, well, he's a backup there. you use that backup. Yeah, he backed up Nicholas Backstrom. So you use that spot with the backup goalie to find the next Soros, to find the next Pekka, and they need to get started on that process instead of bringing him back. And the one th- disappointment I think y- you have to say about Pekka, 14-8 and eight in the playoffs in the 2016-17 season when he had a 930 safe percentage. Yes. Outside of that, the playoffs were not always the best. The last two runs, 17-18, 18-19, 7-6, and 2-4, and save percentages that were more like 9-0-4, 9-0-5. Including the year where he won the Vesna. Yeah, it was not always at his best in the playoffs. Um, and, and, you know, I think we all kind of expected there would be some years where – because you see in the playoffs in the NHL, goalies stand on their head and well, carry teams, and he didn't do that as often as we had hoped. And I agree, I agree with you. And that is why I said at the beginning, he will be remembered here as legendary status. He will not be listed among the All-time legends race. in net for the NHL because he has because that. of the postseason. No. You know, it, he's got the Vesna, but. Uh, Locally, we're going to remember the Stanley Cup final run and the three series leading up to that and everything that he did. Um, I think league-wide, he will be put in that really good category, which is not a knock on any player. You can be a really good player. The question is, he's right there on the fringe of Hall of Fame, right? And when we get to, is he a surefire lock Hall of Famer or not, that's when you get to the legendary status of any league. And that's the debate that will be held for him because are you going to put him in the same category as some of the legends of, of the sport at goaltender? I don't think he rolls off the tongue quickly. Yeah, and, I, fact, and I look, I, I can't pretend that I know Hall of Fame goalie cutoff lines for NHL, but I do you know, have some memories of him being pulled from, sure. from crucial yeah. games at early stages where you knew that he just didn't have it on a given night where they really needed him to have Game it. Game seven against Winnipeg in the second round was the one that comes to mind. Some bad playoff moments for sure. 
You mentioned that March 15th game against Tampa, though, Hutton. The NHL has a playoff predictor, and I saw the chart. The Preds were at 2% chance of making the playoffs on March 15th going into that game. And then to watch the spike in that as it steadily went up. Then it went way down for a short time and then back up to 100% with clinching Saturday night. Remarkable to see that turnaround. Is this a success for the Preds either way this season? I mean, I have to say yes because of where they were buried and dead and now just to be in the playoffs, to me it's a success. The other thing about Pekka, I'm seeing a lot of this with Pred social media, that he should come back and do a, a tour, you know, one season as a Pred and have a true send-off for an entire year. I just don't know how you do a send-off for a guy on the bench most of the season. He's going to be sitting there with a hat ball cap on in most every game, and he's going to be an afterthought because UC Soros is the guy now. So I don't know how that would work. I'd understand if he was still the starter and you think you get one more decent year out of someone, come back for one more year, be the starter, and then knowing you're done and going to retire and get that send-off, I don't think it works that way for a backup goalie. No, you announce your retirement before the season, and, and then maybe you have that tour, and ideally you're playing during that season. It just didn't unfold that way for him. You see it more often with the baseball player who you know is going to be in the lineup or still coming out of the for a f- start every fifth day or out of the well, I think there's a way you could do that. I mean, it, you're not going to rotate the gold the goaltenders the same way, but when you have a back-to-back, that's the Pecorine back-to-back. Again, though, Hutton, like you're saying, but why local hero, but is he a league hero? But, but, where, where, but again, well, he's I, a league name. Just but from I'm a not, hockey standpoint, like why on both sides, why would the Preds do that for a year, even if some of the motivation was – a sentimentality to Pecorine and having that true send-off for a season? And then why, if you're Pecorine, would you say, I'll come back for a year? And maybe he just loves Nashville and the Predators so much that he'll agree to do it and have a solid veteran backup for a year and get his send-off for one season. Maybe that happens. That'd be great. I just don't know how, from a hockey standpoint, it makes the most sense for the Preds in trying to develop that next great goalie behind Soros and having a good backup, and how it makes sense for Pecorino. And I think, again, like if you're looking for a guy to play the second half of back-to-backs and stuff, I'd be inclined to go young. If Sorrow suffers some injury where he's down for six weeks, you might want Pecorino. So which scenario are you preparing for? Uh, in a best, best solution, you bring him back on a cheap contract, and you can have – uh, a goaltender that you trust, that it still has some some good hockey in him that would be great for uh, the franchise, for the locker room, for the fan base, for everything involved. Uh, the difference right now is with Pecorine, <laughs> you had you had UC Soros. You know, you, you we always knew who the backup goaltender was from Vokun to Chris Mason to you know the lineage. Uh, you bring back UC Soros, it's not like there's some household backup that you're going mean, to He's your guy, and maybe you need another year. But we weren't positive about Soros until this year, right? Last year we were like, can, sure. can he be the guy? We don't know. We hadn't seen him. So at some point you got to take the leap even with the backup. Well, sure. You can, I mean, they've done that this year. Yeah. Look at the playing time. They've already they've jumped. Oh, I know. I'm saying now do you take the jump with the next young kid – to be the backup. Well, tonight is uh, all about Pekka. is Pekka's night that that we know, um, and uh, here here's hoping that he gets as great of a send off 
as can be possible uh, in a setting like tonight at home at Bridgestone Arena, at the Stone, uh, in front of some Predators fans. Uh, and again, props to the Preds, uh, playoffs official, and they will play Carolina just like they did on Saturday. They play them tonight, and then they get set for the postseason, which is set to begin. Uh, so, potential, we see Carolina nine straight games. Probably starting this weekend, Saturday or Sunday. It's, but there's a weird scheduling quirk where out west, yeah. there's still games to be played next week, regular season games, and a couple of them may involve playoff seating. So I, I don't know if they're. I think they're going to start the Eastern Conference playoffs earlier than the West. But it looks like Saturday or Sunday, most likely, to start that series. Don't wait too long. I, I mean, I understand the quirk. But too much time off, to me, is not... Well, and then the Preds will be back here in Nashville next week hosting playoff games, if that's the case. Well, next week when, is whenever they can, they can have more fans in attendance if they so choose. Right now they're at 33%, which is, what, 5,700, roughly? Goes to 60. Uh, I think the, uh, it'll be up to them. You, there, there will not be a limit on capacity starting next week here. 100%. I don't know if they'll go 100%. I mean, I think the goal would be to get around 12,000, 13,000 is what I've I don't heard. know why as a business you would not go 100% if the city is saying you can be 100%. I think the capacity restrictions are... What I read. What I read from Adam Vingan is that it will be determined by the predators, not by the city. Uh, how, how we can read into that? The Vanderbilt Commodores baseball team, 100% capacity. And we know where Tim Corbin's uh, sentiment was on that. We know that he well, they've gone from exerts like, a lot of influence They've on gone that. from having protocols of only having like seven or 800 fans because of the capacity <clears throat> restrictions plus the spacing restrictions to now 100% capacity in the span of about three weeks, three and a half, four weeks. When, here's when here's a question Tennessee? for you. Here's a question a for you ago? on this. Uh, about uh, three weeks ago. By the way, Tennessee just announced today baseball's at 100% capacity this weekend against number one Arkansas. Uh, in Knoxville. So they were at 60, where mm -hmm. I think it was like 15 or 20% yep. in Nashville when Vandy played in Knoxville. Now it's bumped up to 100. Would the Predators have any doubt about filling the building if they went to 100%? That's why I just asked the question. I don't know from a business standpoint See, if the city oh, and state that, said you could. They, why they'd you pack wouldn't. It. You think they'd pack it? Oh, yes. I think because I think I'm thinking that's one out. of the only rationales to not go to 100%. Oh, you don't think enough fans would go? No, I think it would be sold out. Embarrass yourself. I think for the postseason. Yeah, I, I, I think, think I think so too. But I wonder if they know something we don't know, because when they're not sold in advance and you put uh, a lot of tickets on the market at the same time, I wonder if there's some some fear of not knowing how your people are going to respond. I, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. I don't I don't know. It's a fair question, but I, I feel like just the sense I get is that it would be sold out if they went 100 percent capacity, but maybe not. I'd like to take Young Symes. I, I mean, just, from from what they've lost over the last year yeah, with the opportunity they can get. to go packed house and the atmosphere that we know they can create, yeah, uh, it would be amazing. Here's hoping that uh, we we get to that for for playoff hockey. That would be a reason why for all the naysayers. Oh, what does it matter if you're going to lose in the first round? You get that. You 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 crank an it up a notch yeah. and and. And vastly different from what you're going to see with the Hurricanes, right? No matter if it's 100%, 100%, the atmospheres for what we know Predators and, and the, and the Bridgestone is known like, for, right? Yeah.
Coming up, uh, more of the Tennessee Power Hour. We'll talk Vols, Titans, and more with you. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network and through Outkick 360. We invite you to go to fanduel.com slash OK360. Up to $1,000 risk-free with your first bet by depositing for the first time through an account at Fanduel. Fanduel.com slash OK360. All the details there. Try Fanduel Sportsbook today. Fanduel.com slash OK360. As Chad likes to say, why would you not try that? You see that offer, you look at it, and you don't click on it and don't sign up for it, I have no idea what you're doing in life because you're missing out completely and totally. If I could go over again and start over and take advantage of that, I would. I can't because I'm a FanDuel customer right now. You must take advantage of that offer. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Paul, you know how much that Chad and I liked Jacob Harris in the draft. He's with the Rams now. Uh, from UCF. There is a comparable tight end now with the Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah, Brody Foley uh, from Cincinnati. Your thoughts on the name, Paul? Brody Foley. Brody Foley. It's a little rhymey. <laughs> I, I think when you're naming a child, can I have this camera for <laughs> <laughs> What was previously did I say about naming a child? I don't. I don't. I don't like know. Name. You I said it. I don't like names. <laughs> I, yeah. Paul, what was it? Feminine names. From Feminine names. Paul relies on us to remind Which transcript are we pulling? Yeah, I, my memory is poor, but my my feelings are great. When you're when you're naming a child, think about if it's a rhymey name, if it's a sing-songy name. You, you don't want the name to be musical or or maybe a poetic name is nice but like a poetic license name not an actual rhyme name that's silly silly <laughs> kids grow out of that very fast they become adults this kid's a football player do you think the other football players are like hey cool your name rhymes no they're like what the hell were your parents thinking that's dumb and I'll say the same. <laughs> what the hell were your parents thinking? That's dumb. Well, his Brody Foley. Well, his, na his name might be Broderick. It might be Broderick Foley. Well, Broderick reduces to Brody. I think, it's, I think it's Brody. I'm looking at him. It's definitely Brody. You have to think of what the <laughs> name reduces to. That's and this is why oh, I'm yeah. against names that reduce. Yeah, that's Brody Foley, all right. Reducing names is bad. Look, Jonathan, that name, nobody calls him John except uh, There's two, men. two men that call him John. And those are special men. But otherwise, everybody calls him Jonathan. Chad, well, uh, we all agree, is a bad name. It doesn't reduce. Paul doesn't reduce. You shouldn't name boys names that reduce. And you shouldn't name your child a name that na rhymes with your last name. These are basic, basic rules. I don't know what the hell you're doing out there. you got nine months to get the name together. Seems like you're taking nine seconds when the time comes. We are against, Be better. Redu against reduction on this show. Yes. Enhancement. Expansion. <laughs> Expansion. Pro enhancement. Reduction. Pro enhancement, anti reduction. Um, <laughs> Thank Brody, you for your time. Brody Foley. Brody Foley. My chief complaint of the name is not that it rhymes, it's that it's so easy to say something different every time you say his name. Really? Brady Foley. Yeah. Uh, but you're going to say Brady. Uh, it's so many different. Fally. Brody, Foley, Folly, Brady. It's just too many <laughs> ways that you could misconstrue the name every time you say it. 
Anyway, that comes out of the run. That's because the, the of broader, the run. The broader point is this: Jacob Harris was the tight end. Doesn't run. Central Florida. Jacob Harris, six foot six, two hundred and twenty-five pounds, four four forty, converted soccer player to football at UCF. Not your traditional tight end. Gone are the days of the Jim Chaney, Jeremy Pruitt tight end that is an extra blocker. That happened quickly. Yes. You're going to see more six foot six, six foot seven, 220 to 240 pound big wide receivers in this offense that are going to make big plays. Yes. They're going to be relied upon to get matchup nightmares against and to make big plays in the passing game. They're not looking for extra offensive linemen now in this Josh Heupel offense. Um, I don't know that's a good thing or a bad thing. We've yet to see his offense in Tennessee. I'm just, this is my observation when I see this commitment. Expect more of this and less 255 to 270 pound tight ends. Is it Brady or Brody? I've forgotten already. It's Brody. Exactly. So that's my point. Brady, Brody, Foley, Foley, Faley. Uh, it's, it's We're out of the name. Brody We're in Foley. on the big place. Brody Foley. I don't, I mean, it, he sounds like a quarterback to me. Brody Foley sounds like a high school quarterback. Yeah, he's in sa- today's age. He sounds. He doesn't sound like a tight end. Sounds like that, or like a member of the gang in Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> he could have also been a member of their their robbery unit in Point Break. Uh, better name, Brody Foley or Dick West? Dick West, uh, really Isn't sparked Dick quite West the controversy. Robin? Was that the actor that played Robin? Yes. Isn't it? Well, that makes this even worse, <laughs> that people fell for this. If you he's guys actually should using know the name that. of Richard the actor West. that played. Yeah, I'll so there is a Richard G. West on Twitter. RGW underscore news. I saw multiple <laughs> actual media members tweet this. Paul sends it to our group because media was members retweeted. were tweeting this story like it was news. The tweet over the weekend was, new Alabama transfer linebacker Henry Toho Toho posted this on his Instagram today but deleted it shortly after, and it's a picture of a brand-new car. Yeah, Dick Grayson. In a, uh, <laughs> it's a picture of a brand-new car in a driveway, so not Robin. Uh, Dick West, Richard G. West on Twitter, <laughs> tweets this, and people just scoop it up. And are, I mean, actual media people are retweeting this. Tennessee fans are Adam eating it West. up. What? Adam West. That's Thank, it. That's Adam it. West. Yeah. Adam West is Batman. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. You, can, you Did combined. you? Yeah. You combine the two. Anyway, actual media members start <laughs> retweeting this, treating it like it's news. Tennessee fans are treating it like it's news. It, would it be news that Alabama or a booster or any college program gave a kid a car? No. I don't think that'd be a shock to anyone. But well, also, if you had a picture of the car. It's a, a picture of a car in a driveway. It doesn't say. No, any, I know. I'm saying though, if you had a picture of the kid's car, that's news. Again. It takes five seconds to click on Richard G. West. First off, I see that, and I think, you know, Dick West sounds a little bit suspicious. Maybe not an actual Twitter account. You go into his tweets. It's pretty if obvious. If you see something, this is my message to media people or anyone that see thinks you see news. Something. If you see something, <laughs> it, don't even say something. Don't say something. If you see a suspicious tweet and think, boy, that's a funky story. That's weird. Where's this coming from? I haven't heard of this guy. And then you click on it, and you go down, and you see – hold on. Let me find um, the, the one that I that pointed out. After talking with a couple of NFL teams tonight on why Trey Smith hasn't been drafted yet, they all stated that they want a football player and not a protest marcher, was one of his tweets with, with something on there. 
Um, you just It's completely fake. This guy also got the Knoxville media, I think, two or three years ago with a basketball report that was fake. And people started retweeting it like crazy. And it happens again. Just be smarter and look at the account that you're retweeting before you think that it's news. And if you get caught retweeting something that you thought was news, you can't cover it up by saying, well, it's still funny. Apparently it's fake, but it's fun. I mean, come on. Just be smarter What than happened? Let's, let's go to the actual news because uh, if I'm not mistaken, in our conversation on Friday, we heard that Alabama was not getting Henry Look, Toto. Uh, this is – I'll go there. He's not going to start at Alabama. I, I think this is an awful move by him. He's the best defensive player at Tennessee. He got lit up a year ago against Alabama. He had two tackles. They gave up 42 points in three quarters, and he got pulled from the game and didn't play the fourth quarter because they had backups in at that point. I, I don't think this is a good move for Henry Toto. And I, I'll, I'll give you my uh, initial reaction to this and what I think is happening. I think Jeremy Pruitt's recruiting for Alabama now. I think Jeremy Pruitt was the guy he had the relationship with at Tennessee, and it's Jeremy Pruitt he had a great pushing to Alabama. With Pruitt. We know that. Jeremy Pruitt's the one saying, "You can go. These are the coaches I trust now. Are the guys I know at Alabama? Go there. They will get you ready for the NFL." He was the and one on the jet. And then we'll draft you with the Giants a year from now. But you need to go there. And he's trying to put it to Tennessee by doing well, that. So. Who else was? I have after? no knowledge of that. I'm just giving you my hypothesis. Who else was in on of what I think Auburn. is happening? Ohio State was the other one rumored. Yeah. And, and and we should say Alabama was high on him whenever he was in high school. Right. Like they, they, Tennessee won over Alabama then. Uh, this is just to me the bigger discussion point, and he's a great example of you know the the one time transfer, the freedom to transfer wherever. The idea was, oh, we're going to see. All of the ships rise with the tide, right? Pardon the pun. Mm-hmm. And the the reaction to some, the minority was, you know what? It's not going to benefit as many schools as you think, because the the schools that are good now will get even better. And this is an example of that. It, Chad's right. I don't think he goes to Alabama and starts. But you have Henry Toto as a backup. Like we think about that. It well, just, my question that's, that's is how the, much how much do they take him and develop him in a way that Tennessee didn't develop him? Also, to me, is kind of a test. Well, on the well, bench? I mean, in practice? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they can help him in practice, I guess, with his technique. And But, look, I don't think that Jeremy Pruitt's linebacker coaching abilities was a problem. I don't think that Henry Toto wasn't going to get drafted because he played for, at Tennessee under Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, he was still going to get – He was a very good player. It's just a weird – This is a – thought he was getting pulled This from is a stick-it-to-Tennessee type move. Because he could have gone anywhere. And he went to the coach who got fired for NCAA violations that brought him in to his alma mater, where he had options well, to go out of the conference. Where he got hired and here's the him. other thing, and Austin Price talked about this. This was a kid who was homesick the first day he got to Knoxville from the West Coast. Very attached to his family, very close with his dad. Mm-hmm. He could have gone back home and played in the Pac 12 somewhere. And a kid who's homesick is now going to go further away from his home. A stick and go to down to Tuscaloosa. A stick to play? into Tennessee move, though, to be fair to him, would be to go somewhere to play and play well. Start. Well, I think he believes he's going to start. I'm telling you, I don't think he's going to start. Well, no, I think he's probably been sold on the idea that he's going to go and start. But it, the stick into Tennessee move is I'm going to go guaranteed starting ability with him elsewhere. Yes. At, at Alabama, 
there could be a freshman that can beat you out. The, I, right? the I'm cool with Tennessee move is to go out of conference, period. You do not go somewhere where you're going to play yeah. against your, your previous team. But, it would have been, but you could have said that about Auburn, Florida was mentioned. Really, the only one that's not mentioned is Ohio State. But the fact that we're mentioning these colleges with him tells you the type of ability that he has. And it tells you why Jeremy Pruitt and his staff hopped on that plane and went out west, what, two days before he was gone? Before Pruitt was gone? I mean, he's a really good player. I just, yeah. I, I just, I think Alabama's got such a great program and system in place where there are guys who have been there that are going to start over him. And maybe I'm proven wrong, and maybe they're being completely honest with him and selling him on. You're going to come in and start. You work hard. You're you're our guy uh, in the middle, and maybe yeah. that's that's the case. But I, I just don't see it. But I I can't. My, the cynic in me, the my my cynic antennas pop up when I see. Oh, he, you know, wasn't going to go to Alabama. That was a talk for a while. Now he's going to—he's getting crystal ball predictions to Ohio State, and now he's going to Alabama. And I'm thinking about who he may be in contact with that brought him to Knoxville in the first place. And where would Jeremy Pruitt tell him to go? Bama. Yes. Or MTSU. And he may believe that. Yeah. His <laughs> other alma mater. Yeah. You know where the spot is for you, Murfreesboro. <laughs> this is where you should go. Uh, coming up. Headlines on not one, but two thoroughbreds. Outkick 360 rolls on. We're talking about me? (laughs) No. Outkick 360 wrapping up the Tennessee Power Hour alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Uh, Let's talk and discuss two thoroughbreds. First, DK Metcalf uh, for the Seattle Seahawks, who runs a 10-3-7 in the 100 meter over the weekend. Finished his ninth out of nine in his heat yesterday. But all eyes on him for track and field. When you start comparing the numbers, uh, Willie Galt ran 10-10. Daryl Green, who's considered the fastest NFL player ever, ran 10-08. DK Metcalf at 6'4", 230 pounds. In front of the world yesterday, the top athletes in track and field that could go against him yesterday, runs 10.37. That is, I don't care if he finishes last. That is impressive. Well, and what, how much, what was the, the heaviest guy outside of him in that competition? 35, 40 pounds lighter? Lighter. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd like to see like who's the heaviest sprinter. He looked like an eighth grader he running against. against fourth graders yesterday, like right. just size-wise. Yes. His height and size. Here's some hypocrisy from the NFL who tweeted out he wanted to test the speed among elite track and field athletes. He ran the 100 meters in 10.36 seconds with the fire emoji. Is the NFL in favor of guys doing things outside of, uh, of workouts at the team facility or not? <laughs> because what if he twists his ankle during this? Well, the NFL's they, in favor of things that make them oh, look I good understand. and give them a good uh, bit of PR. I understand. What does Juwan James think about this NFL well, uh, endorsing this with the tweet? I don't know. If Juwan James is doing shot put on national television in an event and got hurt, they probably would be okay with it. Yeah, there's More okay with it's it. It's hypocritical, though, isn't not it? Not when they're working out by themselves. Yeah. It's hypocritical, but also I, I'm, I'm tired of the NFL play. I mean, you, you get paid to do a job. And part of that job in the offseason may be gathering to work out. So if you're hell-bent on working out on your own 
and you hurt yourself, well, that's off. Well, that's off the clock. This is Metcalf working out on his own. I and they're all about it here. But guess what? If he got hurt, then the Seahawks wouldn't have to pay him. Well, in th- doing thankfully, this. he didn't because I want more of this. Oh, me too. But I, I think we're talking about two separate things, though, Paul. Because I think they're related. What they're what they're trying to do is get them to come back into the facility because that's what coaches want. Is going and the players don't want to do it. So when they do something on their own, I mean, they're taking the risk of getting hurt. But this is more of a good PR move for the NFL than anything else. I, I get what you're saying, and I'm not with the players here largely on this. If the players wanted the off-seasons off, they should have covered it two years ago when they negotiated a new CBA. Yes. It just came to them that, that uh, COVID made them aware of the fact that off-season workouts are unnecessary. Well, how about you have some foresight that isn't brought to you by a, a pandemic? I, I love the mentality of, so th- this all came about because of great NFL PR, but also just superior athleticism. DK Metcalf tracked down Buda Baker on was it Sunday Night Football? Yes, terrific play. The, and the U.S. Track and Field tweeted him and said, "If you want to test real speed, bring it in the off season." And he said, "Hell and yeah!" And he said, "I'll see you there." And then he shows up and does this, which is great. I mean, I love that. That's the type of mentality you want from a player on your team: is that uh, yeah, I'll take the challenge. I'm not scared. Yeah. I'll do it. And then it's he good for last. U.S. track and field also. Well, and it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's a win for both, right? He finishes last, so no one there is embarrassed. People right. who do that for a living. But, he makes but a then he looks showing. great, too, because he's this huge guy out there running you know, faster than any other huge guys. Finishes last, but is within the pack, right? right. Like yeah. that, it's not like they break away. Right. And, and I need to look at the height and weight, because that's one interesting thing to him, is how much heavier is DK Metcalf to the the heaviest guy that he raced against yesterday? Uh, what was the discrepancy at the Kentucky Derby, um, <laughs> where Bob Baffert's horse has been flagged for uh, steroids, I believe, um, uh, using an illegal substance? I don't know if it's an official quote unquote. Steroid. It's a steroid. I've got the exact uh, name of it. Okay, uh, but here is Bob Baffert <laughs> and his reasoning for why the Kentucky Derby winning horse. Uh, failed a drug test. He says that one test issue was created by a groom urinating in the stall after the groom had been taking cough medicine. The horse ate some of the hay. So you're telling me that a, that you're going to let one of your groomers for a horse that's worth what five million, ten million dollars, more so if he wins the Kentucky Derby, they're going to retire him to pasture where he's going to breed. For how many times per day and get paid? You're going to let a groom piss on the hay that the horse is eating on the morning of the Kentucky Derby? Put the tweet back up. How ludicrous is it that the groom to this horse, this prized possession of Bob Baffert, is going to piss on the hay that the horse is going to eat prior to the race? This is uh, next level. This is next level dog ate my homework. Yeah. The horse peed on my head. Horse ate some of the hay. Right. Get out of here with that. So it's bethamethasone is the drug. (laughs) It's an anti-inflammatory drug. But I saw the sone at the end and immediately thought roids. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just some form of steroid. In all instances, I want to hear. Steroids are anti-inflammatory also. I want to hear from, from the accused parties. Always, always, always. Please don't stay silent. Please don't go with the, it's better uh, that I let the legal people and the legal process and the appeals process play out. 
But when somebody says something like this, I can't help but think, boy, would you have been better to just But even it. more ludicrous would be if this story is 100% accurate and true. Like you, well, you, you have a groom I, who, who is in charge of this horse on race day or the day before, and you have him in the paddock. And, you know, he's like, man, I just got, I've got to go. And, and instead of, like, up. going around the corner, it's right right on the hay that the horse is going to But eat. does a horse not turn away from urinated on hay? <laughs> There's some rhyming, like that kid's name. Does a horse they, not turn away from through. urinated on hay? I don't hay. think it through, <laughs> Like, Paul, would I you think... smell it and move to different hay? I don't know much about horses. Clearly. Oh, I, don't, I don't think they really think that. <laughs> that hay was just begging to be snorted. I know yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> You look at that hay and that thing is, I, I am going to both snort and eat this hay. That's how great it smells. I think that horse racing is going to trip over themselves to believe Bob Baffert because they know their when he wins sport the takes a huge hit if they have to forfeit or that horse is not in the Preakness because those ratings tick up and up as long sure as there's a triple crown chance going on so they they want to believe bob baffert on them also i don't think this i don't think the derby was very highly rated what was it on against there was something else going on it was dirt it was masters it was way up from uh the off-season derby this last year but it was still down from the two years ago (laughs) the the other thing that circulated on uh social media today is uh bob baffert and ashley schaefer (laughs) side by side and i cannot get the image out of my mind of Will Ferrell now. Does, so, does he uh, also have a son named Gabriel? Think, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to let that watch. Like, yeah, you're going to let them watch what is being the, consecrated here today. But the the uh, I, I think it was Lebowski who said we need Will Ferrell cameo appearance on SNL as Bob Baffert. Yes, that would be with great. The, with the hay incident. With the Ashley catching someone <laughs> urinating on hay <laughs> while the horse eats. You wouldn't even need a script. I mean, Will Ferrell's that good in an ad lib setting. Where he could just make up the whole thing on the fly if he knew the story. Well, rest in peace, Chris Farley, but he would have been terrific in this sketch yes. that we're imagining. <laughs> As the horse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but uh, Chad just dove right in. He'd eat that, hey. Dehumanizing Chris Farley, which is part of what led to his problems. Meanwhile, there are other There's trainers. Paul, you, you know there are other trainers out there who are like, oh. If I had I, thought of that. I wish I would have thought of this. <laughs> What kind of cough medicine is this? Yeah, my my other horse has been peeing too. Uh, that's, that's what happened when my I horse had a, my horse had a terrible cough. Chad, why did you test positive? I drank someone's urine that was contaminated. Coughing, just yeah, laughable. Bad cough. Hey, enjoy the Preds game tonight. Uh, we will uh, watching Pecorine. And don't tell me to tweet about it if I haven't. No, there's no obligation tweets. Yeah. No, none of that. On this show, we'll tweet what we want. Now, if what, if like it, what if you want to tweet about it? What if you want to tweet about it? I probably will. If it's I'm watching difficult. it, I might tweet about it. Now, see, this is if difficult. Pekka. Because but if it's going to be because I want to no. tweet about it. If Wherever. you tweet about it, I'm going to feel like you are obligated, well, here's, no, obligated here's, to tweet Here's the magic of it, Paul. If I, you're in a tough if spot. I want to, I'm not in a tough spot at all. I tweet whatever I want. That's the key. I tweet what I want. If you tweet about it, it's all because of this guy. No. All because of this dude. No, you were making me not want to tweet. Not an obligation tweet. Comma. And then Chad stops. It's all giving in the pressure. You don't tweet about the Preds very much. If you do tonight, it's all because of what's this guy's name? I don't even remember. Brody Foley. Brody Foley's going to win. Brady Foley, actually. (laughs) We are back at it tomorrow on Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. If he tweets, the terrorists win. Don't lock the box. (laughs) Do lock the locks.
Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.